The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from the book of Romans, the first chapter, and especially these words, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First off today, I don't want you to panic. Because I know if you were listening to the readings closely a few minutes ago, they sure sounded like we jumped to Christmas. And in fact, in one way, we did. We actually are going to hear both the Old Testament and the Gospel reading again this Tuesday night in our Christmas Eve service. They're the assigned readings both for this Sunday and for that day. But don't worry. You didn't oversleep. It's not really Christmas yet. If you need those last few days to get a few things wrapped or bought, you've still got a little time. Since things have been a little hectic on my end as well, you know, I did consider that with the same text, I could have just preached the same sermon the two days and see if you guys caught on. But I thought better of it in the end. And so today, I'm going to take us into that reading from the book of Romans, because it's the one of the three readings we actually won't hear again this coming Tuesday. And when you're reading through that reading from Romans, it seems like we're just beginning to read a letter that Paul wrote. And that's because we are. The only thing is, we are not starting to read that letter this week and then are going to continue to read it in weeks to come. It's chosen this portion, that beginning of the letter, because it actually talks about God's plan to send his son into the flesh. To start off today, I want you to think for a moment about someone who you know loves you. You got that person in mind yet? If so, let me ask you a question. How do you know they love you? Have they said it out loud? Do you kind of think they have to because they're your spouse or your family? Or are they one of those people who maybe would never ever utter those words out of their mouth and yet you see it in everything they do for you? Well, in our text for today, Paul calls those whom he is writing, those loved by God, and called to be his saints. And no doubt those words not only apply to those who were called to belong to Jesus Christ, who lived in Rome at the time when this letter was written, but those words belong to all who have been called to belong to Jesus through belief and baptism. And that means those words apply to you directly. You are loved by God. You are called to be his saints. Never forget that. But at the same time, how do you know that you are loved by God? I mean, the scriptures say it, and that should be enough, but how do you really know what has God done to manifest that he loves you? Well, we could say in one way, the simple fact that he has called you to be his saint shows that he loves you. What does it mean that he wants you to be his saint? Well, it means this. He doesn't want you to have to wallow around in filth and unholiness your whole life, but instead wants to give you a new life in which you can live in holiness and purity before him. He wants your sins to be gone in order that his holiness 
might instead be your own. But I guess we could say that him just wishing for this might not totally prove his love completely. I mean, no doubt it's nice for someone that loves you to wish good things for you. But truth be told, even people that care little about you might also wish you well and hope that a few good things come your way. So how is it again today that you can leave knowing for sure that God loves you? Well, the rest of our epistle lesson really lays this out for us. It gives us two key reasons that we can know that God loves us. The first is that God did plan to make you his saint. And the second is that he actually turned that plan into reality for you. Let's start with that first part, his plan to save you. You know, one of the ways in this season that you can sort of tell if somebody really cares about you is if they actually take a little time to plan out what they might do for you in this season or get you in this season. I mean, it is possible that in this Christmas season, you might actually open up a gift from someone and initially not be all that impressed by it. It might be something that you would have never got for yourself or something that you're not sure you'll ever use. But imagine, though, if that person who gave you that thing later came up to you at the Christmas party and began to explain it to you. Imagine if they told you that they got you this thing because they remembered a conversation that you had had months before where you had mentioned that you liked this thing or didn't like that thing. Imagine if they told you then that all year they had sort of had an eye out for this thing that they thought was the perfect gift for you. And then when they finally found it, they went about the trouble of getting it. They made sure that it would be ready. They made sure it would be picked up, and then they made sure that it got delivered to you. What if they told you that they even went to special effort to wrap it up in that color of paper that they knew you loved. All that might actually turn that gift that at first you weren't very impressed with into your most treasured present of the year. Well, know this. God has put much forethought into how he would save you, how he would make you holy, how he would make you his saint. Paul starts off his letter by saying that he was an apostle that had been sent by God to take the gospel message out to many people. That he was called to go out and tell people how through the blood of Jesus they could be holy. But Paul was under no impression that his speaking of this good news was the first time it had ever been spoken. No, he understood that this had been God's plan for many, many years, and that he had even spoken about this plan. Indeed, Paul says that this good news had been promised beforehand through the prophets of old. You see, years and years before you were even born, God had a plan for how he was going to save you, how he was going to make you his saint. And he was so excited about it that he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, so to speak. He let little details slip out from his mouth into the mouths of the prophets he told about how it would happen and where it would happen. 
Through one prophet, he said that it would be a virgin who would give birth to a son. In another prophet's mouth, he put the word that it would be in Bethlehem, that little town. Yes, he was so excited about it that he couldn't help but speak about it, for he had a plan. But of course, a plan alone would not necessarily prove one's love either, would it? I mean, imagine being at a different Christmas gathering with a different friend. And after that gathering, they came up to you and told you that they had indeed picked out the perfect Christmas gift for you that year. They explained to you that they knew why it would be just perfect. And you had to agree it would have been just perfect. But then they told you that, well, sorry, they didn't get around to actually purchasing it. They were too busy, and there were other gifts to be bought and lots of stuff to do, and so they never got it done. Well, you might question their love also. But God, he's not like that. He put his plan into action. As we will celebrate on Tuesday and Wednesday, God followed through perfectly on his plan to make you holy, in order that you might be his saint. He sent his eternal son, which had been with him from the beginning, down into the flesh, born in the line of King David, in order that your sins could be removed from you. Yes, he sent that one down to live for you. And after he had lived for you, he died for you. He won that forgiveness of sins that was necessary for you to be holy. But God didn't even stop there. No, he raised that one up from the dead in order that you might be able to walk in newness of life, to walk in holiness both now and forever with him in a new heaven and a new earth. But he didn't even stop there. He then sent his church out. He sent Apostle Paul out and others in order that that word might not just be stuck in Jerusalem for the few people who got to hear it there, But he sent his church out that everyone, including you, might get to hear it. And eventually, in one way or another, that word hit your ears. Or the waters fell upon your head. And you believed. And you were a saint. A saint not because you had done something, but because God had done something for you in his Son. So how do you know that you are loved by God? Well... Because he not only planned to make you holy, he actually enabled and enacted that plan to occur in order that you might leave here today completely holy. All your sins removed and all of his holiness placed upon you. That's how great God's love is for you. And if you truly take in the breadth of that today, you might feel a little guilty. Might be like that moment at the Christmas party when somebody gets you a great gift and you forgot to get them much of anything. It might be how you feel, for certainly your love of God does not match up to his love of you. No doubt at times you have had great plans about how you wish to honor God with your life, and then those plans have come to nothing. And at other times, you've done those things you know that you're supposed to do, maybe even like gathering for church, but you've done them without really much care or forethought at all. 
Now, our love of God never matches up to his love of us. So let us confess today that that is true. That our love of God is not as steadfast or impressive as his love. Let us bring before him today those plans that we had that came to nothing and those deeds that were done without concern and care. For blessedly, you know how he will respond if you do just that. You know what he will say to you, for it's what he always says to you when you come in confession. He says, you are mine. You are loved by me. You've been called to belong to my son and to have his holiness. You are my saint. Your sins are gone. Your life is with me forever. So leave here today knowing that this is true. See it this week in the manger. Ponder it each week as you gaze upon the cross of Christ. And yes, in this Advent season, look to the sky. For that one who has left with the clouds, he will soon return to get us. To prove one final time this truth. You are loved. Amen.